You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Angelica. I'm your host. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hello. Hi, guys. And today we are talking about Black in the workplace. Not back in the workplace. Black in the workplace. Yeah. (laughs) And we got some Black women. You know, you got to... You know, Black Girl Nerds podcast, you got to make it a little bit, you know. Yeah, women Black Women. A little, bit, a little bit. It is International Women's Day, so happy International right. Women's Day Shout to out. everyone out nope. there. Um, not sure if this will drop. <laughs> it's not going to drop on International Women's Day, but, yeah. you know. But at least we, we gave a shout out to all those great, strong, independent women. Yes, definitely. Women of color, Black women, all y'all. Y'all, yep. y'all deserve an S on your chest. You guys are winning. So, <laughs> so today I just wanted to talk about, you know, being a black woman or a woman of color in the workplace and just navigating it. Um, black women, women of color are in large part underpaid in comparison to our white counterparts even Latino counterparts, we are underpaid out of everyone. Our even black men get paid more than us. So, um, but we're probably the most educated sector, you know, in this country. Um, most small business, uh, at this point, we're such a growing number of small business owners. There's just, we're just diverse and strong and qualified women that aren't getting our due. So I wanted to talk about just being a black woman in the workplace and what your experiences have been like and, you know, how you're getting by on, on, on this check. So, right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's important to have these moments where you just kind of get to let it out a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's not going to happen in the workplace. Some areas you can't talk about it. You're afraid if you get back to other people. So, you know, I think it's always nice. We're good at having those little girl chat vent moments. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you then. So I feel like a hot topic and there's actually been a lot of legislation being passed on this on natural hair in the workplace. I believe Virginia just passed the law. So they're like the fourth or fifth state that have passed this like natural hair law where you can't discriminate against. I mean, not just women, just people of color in general based off their hair and it being natural. And what you think is unkept is our natural hair state. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have like a curly halo. Like if, you know, if I I, I, I wet my hair, comb it and go, it's not going to be flat inside of my head. It's going to be big. It's going to be voluminous. You're going to notice me when I'm walking down, you know, down the aisle. Um so what's it like for you, like with your hair journey or just in general being, you know, you work, you work in news. What's that like for you? You're behind the scenes, yeah. but do they care about your hair? Or? Yeah, it was. um Okay. It started out difficult because just on a personal note, I didn't want to do, I was tired of doing relaxers mm-hmm. um, because after a while that stuff can kind of pull on your hair, um, you know, as you're getting older and everything. So it's, it was better for me to transition um, like the last part of college and everything to go to natural hair. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, going into the news business, um, I was, even though I'm not in front of the camera, I was still worried, you know, about like that mm-hmm. look of, you know, I'm supposed to be in production. Most of the guys, like in most areas are going to be like older white guys. So no, they're not going to, you know, basically they're like oblivious most of the time to what is, you know, anything about a hair. You know, it could be like, you know, anybody of a different culture doesn't understand anything about a hair. So they're, it's almost mm-hmm. like you're like a, I always think about it as like the questions I get asked sometimes about my hair. It almost makes yeah. you feel like, you know, um, like an exhibit in a museum almost sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because they would be like, well, can I touch it? Or can you do this with it? 
can you put a hat on? You know, like just questions where you just like, it's still my hair. It's just curly. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just like a little bit more for me to get it straight. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So, but to answer that went like really long for the short question you asked me. No, like, no, no. Question, I wanted to, um, what I did was I kind of like piecemeal going into this natural look. So mm-hmm. I don't have the, like the afro I have right now is like out all over the place. I'm at home chilling, but I like mm-hmm. you said, you have to have the product. You have to, for me, you have to keep it a little bit more tame because I know they, you know, you don't want certain looks like you do have to keep it certain, like kind of calm. Like you can have the, your shape, your shape. Has- right. You can have like yeah. the Diana Ross, Erica Badu thing sometimes in your office a little bit. Like you have to keep the shape a little tighter, like the curls a little tighter. Also mm-hmm. my head will get stuck too, if I'm being real honest, the head that I have to wear at work will get stuck too. So I have to keep it, I keep it like real tight with the foam, you know, get under the dryer, but I can still, at least it's still my natural hair. Like I'm not putting any chemicals on it. That's going to be bad in the long run, just to to fit in because the culture has changed. Like we have a a meteorologist and an anchor that both wear their natural hair. And it's like something they put in like their contracts to make sure, you know, it's something that the upper bosses can't go back on. But it's all about, you know, like you got hair love. It's like all about that push now where people are like paying attention. Then they Absolutely. weren't before. So it's kind of hard for you to come up to somebody and be like, oh no, you can't do that on air. You know, because you got yeah. social media and everybody getting behind that person. Oh, absolutely. Let let somebody t- get told by their boss that their hair is too much or unkept or whatever. And it, all you need is one tweet. Oh yeah. Just and tweet that thing over. out quick. Yeah, it's done. So yeah, I think that's I think that's helping to keep people in check. Because if not, you would definitely get those like side eyes and and um and people coming up to you like, well, could you could you like do this or maybe can you put it in the ponytail or something, you know? Yeah, no. Right, my hair right. is my hair. You, you're like you're can banking corporate. Am I right about that? I was gonna say what um, is it, like a different field. Yeah, I'm in finance. Um, I'm in definitely definitely in corporate America. Um, my issue necessarily is never management or executives say anything about my hair it's like your co-workers um and for the longest time um I have a very curly soft hair texture um so it's very easy to maintain I don't have to do much with my hair but it it can get big like when it's big it's big and when I was younger you know I didn't like my hair like I would wear my hair in buns um, I would wear it in a ponytail and I would straighten it. Like I was not for the longest time. I wasn't comfortable with my natural hair. I thought it was too puffy. I'm like, oh, my hair is too puffy. I don't like oh, it because, yeah. yeah. you know, early 2000s bone straight hair was the thing. It wasn't oh, your yeah, fro definitely. or, you know, mm-hmm. so I wore my hair straight for years, like all year round, straight, straight, straight. Every once in a while, I, you know, I would I would wash it and, and let it air out and let it curl up. But for the most part, my hair is straight. So my curls actually got damaged, especially in the front. But then, you know, I had a kid. I didn't have time to flat iron my hair every other week. So, you know, these curls started coming back. And that's um, expensive. When you're trying to maintain that, like, straight look, it's expensive going to the hairdresser. Yeah, and I wasn't going. I was. I wasn't even doing that. I was. Um, (laughs) I was doing it myself. So I was spending ninety minutes, two hours styling and doing my hair. Yeah, yeah. Mine was. Mine was also money too. I forgot to throw that in. Yeah, it's expensive. Oh yeah. They boy, they make killing. Well, now you know. I wet my hair in the morning. I add my leave-in conditioner. It's like olive oil. I let that dry, and I'm good to go. My my shape is per is like the way I want it. I have a deep part, like a deep side part, and it just does what it wants, and I'm good with that. So, um, I've been rocking my natural hair. I haven't put any heat in my hair. I can't even remember. Probably the summer was the last time uh-huh. I put heat in uh-huh. my hair, and before that, it was like months before. So I very rarely straighten my hair now, and I'm actually going to get a blowout this weekend. Our silk press actually, because Destiny wants to get her hair done. And I was like, fine, I might as well get mine done too, because it's been a minute. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So it's never, it's never like people that say your hair. Everyone says my hair looks nice, and I, I can be honest and say that I have, because of my mother and where she comes from, I have the more quote unquote acceptable hair type. What people would have said back in the day, like good hair. Um. Uh-huh. So it's never like people. So it's always like. Is that your real hair? That's what I get all the time. Your hair yeah, is so pretty. Yeah, yeah. Is that your real hair? And I'm like, yeah. I had a coworker. Literally, I was in the office. I was at my desk. It was like eight in the morning. I just got in. Mm-hmm. Didn't even get a chance to settle in. She walks up to me and she's like, 
Angelica, can I ask you a question? I don't want to offend you. And I already knew she was about to give me some BS. Right, right. That's how they always start. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I turned around and I was just like, yeah, let's call her Karen. I'm like, yeah, Karen, what's up? And she's just like, is that your hair? And I say, yeah, it's my hair. She's like, no, is it your hair? Like, does it grow out of your head? And I pulled at it. I said, yeah, this is my hair that comes out of my head. She's like, oh, it's so beautiful. Okay, because I just want to know, because so-and-so said your hair was weave. And I was like, what? Okay, it's mine. It grows out of my head. Yeah, if it was a weave, I paid for it. It's mine. Right, right. Yeah, people do too much when it comes to weave and stuff. Like, you paid for it. You know, they put it it's in the yours. head. You got to analyze. Right. Like, it's still that, you know, they put it in the head. It's fine. Walk, move on. Yeah, like, like, y'all don't wear extensions. Um, So she just was like oh I didn't want to I didn't want to offend you I just wanted to know and I was just like yeah okay so next to me is this lady who has like a similar hair texture as mine she's just older than me and she was just like is she for real and I was like girl I don't know and like I just turned around and went about my business I was like oh no I'm not even going to get offended so that's been for me like um I can't honestly say that anyone's ever touched my hair but people have asked like when I do straighten it it's really long and I've gotten like oh my god that's all your hair like it's that long and I'm like yeah it's shrinkage you know Mm -hmm. like yeah I've had to touch had to like had to side eye and remove their hand sort of thing you know because I'm like I don't understand um because with my personality so if I get Mm -hmm. if I I do a little bigger than I usually am that's when they Mm -hmm. take notes but that's how it got to that point in the beginning and so I'm like just because, you know, I'm not giving you that demeanor that you need to stay away from me doesn't mean I want your hands all on my hair. And if you think about the culture, if you need to think about black women, do you not supposed to put your hands in the do hair? Do not touch our hair. And, and you know what? I'm lying. I'm not talking about somebody of the white, you know, I'm not talking about like a white guy or something. She was like, from what I know, I mean, she might have been mixed too, but she would, she should have known. And it was just like, you're not- in front of other white people in the office and you're like, I don't want them to take that note because don't stick your hands in my hair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, was just, it was an awkward situation to be in. I will say the vast majority of people that touch my hair are black people. <laughs> so that's like, okay, oh your hair is so cute. And they'll, they'll run a hand. Through, and I'm like, whoa, whoa now. I can't say. Why do you run your hair, whole hand through? That's another thing. Why can't it just be like a little, whoop, I touched it. We're good. Like, why are you trying to like, that's my thing too. Because you have it in a certain style. You don't want like your mm-hmm. curls to get pulled out and stuff. I'm like, what yeah. do you gotta do extra? Don't be extra with it. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've had people, and you know, I, now that I'm thinking, now that we're talking about, it, I've had people tug on my curl, like they'll tug on it to see how far it goes and release. Oh, and they're, <laughs> and I've had a, I did actually have a manager that used to walk by my desk and like touch the top of my head, and it was a white guy. And I think one time <laughs> I told him, yeah, because because like we were cool, you know what I'm saying. So I think it was his right, way of showing right. like affection towards me, but oh, it yeah. felt too yeah, much could, like, yeah. yeah like petting my head so one day i was just like yo i'm not a dog stop petting the top of my head and he was like oh oh i i didn't know and i'm like yeah you just assumed like don't yeah touch, yeah don't touch my hair like i had like a whole right um india ari like solange moment like don't 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 touch my hair right mm-hmm. you're not entitled mm-hmm. to it yep um so yeah so yeah hair is a thing um so if you're listening to this podcast no matter what color you are do not touch someone else's hair please yeah just and don't thank touch you. you yeah just keep your hands to yourself do not touch anybody's <laughs> hair especially if and then also i'm gonna add to that if the person mm-hmm. does if the person's okay with you touching the hair if they invite you to touch, do not be over don't overdo it because people are so <laughs> people do not rehance they do not understand i i've just noticed lately that people just cannot rehance and take a like noticeable reactions. You don't need to run your whole hand through the people's head. Like you can just do like a simple like you don't need to pull Angelica's curl down and make see how it bounce back. Like you don't need to do all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people are so extra. Yeah. Like if you if you go touch somebody's head, don't be extra about it. That's all I'm saying. I'm just gonna start doing the back. Like I'm gonna be I like, mean, hey, hey, do what you gotta do. Cause I'm just saying at this point, people just do not read hints. Like they just don't. I'm like, mm. how could you not see that that was not getting on her nerves? Like what? they don't care um right so so 
Yeah, so we talk about hair being important, but I've noticed this is something that I struggle with because I'm not a small girl. I'm pretty curvy and Mm -hmm. my body gets policed a lot. That happens to me a lot. Like my body gets policed a lot, Mm -hmm. at least on a weekly basis. And that does bother me because I can't help my shape. Like I can't help the fact that I got big boobs. I can't help the fact that I got a you know a little bit a booty on me. I can't help yeah. those things. So something that someone wears, like I could wear a pantsuit, and you'll and they'll be like, "Oh, what you popping your hips for?" Uh, okay, body, let's go. And then someone else, you know, yeah. Becky yeah. could wear her pantsuit, and nobody says nothing, even though it's cut the same way because I'm filling mine's out more, and that's always been an issue with me I mean I've had like the other day I was in the office I was wearing a black shirt I had an undershirt mm-hmm. underneath of it because I always go out of white not to draw too much attention to myself and I still like turned the corner and someone was like hey boobies and I'm like what what oh hey Angelica and your boobs and I'm just like yeah well first of all people that's more people being extra because I mean they definitely yeah. have to come around the corner and say that so I mean that's on them too yeah, but that's like, I just feel like, and I feel a lot of women say that their body, like black women's bodies are sexualized a lot. And I can say like on a regular basis, my body is police. And it's not, you know, not just white people. I've had women, like I've had women managers. I had this manager a couple years ago mm. and I, my cleavage wasn't showing. Like I would wear a shirt that was not a turtleneck, but obviously it wasn't, you know, a V-neck, but I would wear something that was above my cleavage line so like you could see like the chest part of my chest which you couldn't see my cleavage and I'd wear like a nice kimono with it and I'd walk in the office and she would always comment on my chest and one day I had to pull her to the side and I was like stop commenting on my chest every time I come in the office I cannot hide them they are what they are like I stop doing that and you know so things like that do bother me because you shouldn't be able to comment on someone's body, especially in a derogatory or sexual manner. And I probably could report like everybody I work with for sexual harassment, but the, I would just be following yeah. reports on a regular yeah, basis. You probably, yeah, yeah, you have to. You have a whole list of people. I just, I mean, people just need to mind their business. I mean, point blank, period. But it's just, that's not gonna happen because you know it's America. Anyway, um... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, have you experienced anything? Won't say anything about you know, like oh, damn, well, right. Yeah, they probably would. And mine is a little different because, um, mm-hmm. well, I work with a lot of people that might be a little bit shyer. Like sometimes you have the older, the some you can have the older white guys because that's just in my field. Like I wish it was more. We uh-huh. had a, we had a, um, we did have a white female in my department, but she, I think she actually went into like your area of finance. She was actually tired okay. of like live news stuff, but if you mostly are working around uh, men, and so okay. they either like either it gets either it could get inappropriate or it could get where they just don't want to deal with it so they just kind of ignore it like if they did see something they wouldn't mm-hmm. say anything and most of them are married right. and everything so yeah there's that um but that don't stop nothing over here at my job I don't really know it might just mm-hmm. be more of a thing of like it's a black woman in the office and usually we don't have these type of roles and they still find it strange mm-hmm. so they just don't say anything mm-hmm. but also in my um uh, in my department you have to be kind of functional like I used to work cameras like on the floor with the mm-hmm. anchors and everything and they want you to you have right. to run and do errands stuff so you can't be too mm-hmm. like it'll annoy you like, yo, yeah like things start getting caught on stuff that shouldn't be getting caught on you know you got to be mm-hmm. able to bend and stuff you know you can't be looking too cute yeah. you know so most of my right. stuff is like functional on a daily basis functional. So. Yeah, so you don't have too much of that okay. to worry about, but yeah, you can you can get in like like if you wear that certain type of t shirt though, you can get in a little like you can get those stairs. I don't think anybody would say anything. You get a stair because mm. like I said, you do gotta bend you gotta bend that like you gotta be able to be functional. So if you got that okay. too tight a shirt, like we used to have ladies that would be on I don't know why they were doing this. But we used to have mm. women that would wear like dresses on the floor to run cameras <laughs> and they would try to sit down on like a little stool. And you know everybody's looking like, why that person be a trifling? Like you gotta move the camera, you gotta move it around. You can't be sitting down playing. So right. and you know you gotta have somewhere to put this little like um battery pack. It almost reminds you of like a small walkie talkie or something. You have to have clipped to you. Mm-hmm. So you gotta okay, have something gotcha, that's gotcha. functional. You know, so you can try to be cute, but you gonna get those stairs because people are like, well, you can't really do your job like that. Like why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Okay. Kind of so they're more so. Yeah. 
Gotcha. So they're not really more focused on your appearance. So my, yeah, my department or where I work, you know, it's business casual. So it's just, and we're all, it's like almost like they don't have anything better to do. So they yeah, just it does sound like, yeah, it sounds like you got a lot of like a nosy employees. I'm like, man, just mind your business. Like, why you, yeah. you know, like, why are you policing things? Just mind your business, mind your business. Yeah, a lot of, you know, you switch when you walk or, yeah, I get a lot of that. And I mean, I'm kind of like used to it, but now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, man, I actually do get it on a regular basis. And it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just inappropriate. Or I've had guys be like, oh, I like those pants on you. Or those are my favorite pants on you. Or because, you know, that wagon be leading. Like, I probably could report a lot of people yeah, now that I'm say, starting to think like, about yeah, it. Yeah, I better say, yeah, like, <laughs> you might want to keep this, you know, like take notes. I always think now, like, this day and age of, like, hashtag me too and everything, I think it's cool for people to, like, just take their notes, you know, take your notes down, you got this person, and then when it gets, when it gets yeah. way too much, when it gets way too far, that's when you need to go to HR, you know, like, when it crosses yeah. that line where it's, like, you can't back out of it, or this person just ain't getting a hint. Yeah, I just laugh it off a lot of times, but, like, I've yet to have someone, like, be, like, completely out of line where it's, right. like, wow, disrespectful. When you go to, yeah, that's when you, like, might have to go to HR, but if it's just, like, a laugh off matter, it's different because you can't report every little thing. Or you Like you say, you be reporting every day. But I'll be reporting every day, but it's just sad that I'm put in that position where I kind of have right. to eat people's comments about yeah. my body, where it's, like, you really shouldn't comment about my body at yeah. all. I mean, and I do take things on a case-by-case basis. Like, I'll just be, like, mind your business or something like that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to just sit there and just be, like, <laughs> there are times if I'm not in a mood, I'll be, like, that was unnecessary. Or, like, yeah. when a lady commented on my boobs, I just, like, looked at her and walked away. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't laugh it off. I didn't smile. I didn't say, tell her it was okay. I literally, like stopped looked yeah. at her dead in her face and walked off and she was like i'm so-, and she called after me i'm sorry yeah, and i didn't I think even that's a good note too respond. i think it's like that yeah because you have to get people to realize like there's a part where it's like funny and there's another part where it's like okay i need you to realize without me you know going to another level that you probably don't want to see that this is inappropriate and you need to stop exactly so that that's something that i do struggle on a regular basis and uh, you know honestly talking about it now i'm re- kind of starting to realize it is a problem whereas before i kind of internalized it i'm like this is just what it is this just comes with the territory of having my figure but now that i think about it yeah. i'm like that's actually not but okay i like, think you, you i was gonna give you i think you handle it well though and i think that's what other women hopefully they'll take the same thing from it because it's not you it's definitely their problem it's definitely people being in a business where they shouldn't be Cause it's one thing mm-hmm. if you're just trying to be blatantly out, like I just want to show off the girls, right. and I just want to walk into my office like I can take notes. You know what I mean? And I feel like the fact mm-hmm. that that's just how you feel comfortable, that's how you want to dress, you know. And it's not if you have a kimono, if you have a certain show, you have a kimono over it. You're still keeping it, you know, business casual, whatever, like ready for the mm-hmm. right. You're ready for the office. So that's just people need to mind their business. I mean, the way I see it, that's just right. people trying to be weird like you if you got the guys that's just way too much and they need to control that somewhere else you know Mm -hmm. that's just people that's just like in your business and I think media too is getting to a point where they're trying to like I think it helps like a little bit maybe not as much Mm because it's still not enough representation but you know you got the Lizzo's and you said um Becky like you know just throwing like a name out there but if Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you saw of Empire but you remember Gabrielle is it Gabrielle Cinebe am I pronouncing her name right Gabrielle Citadel or Citadel, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, she, she, the mm -hmm. outfits, she has me rolling. Her or her on Empire (laughs) because the things that she will like, and she's so confident about it, which I love. She's so confident about like the outfits. Like I don't know if you ever get a chance to like look up their behind the scenes fashion stuff or look up her outfit, Mm -hmm. but she goes, she goes hard, and it's so cute. And I'm just, I'm like in awe of like her and Lizzo, those people that are not gonna take nothing from you, and they just like this is what I'm gonna wear. I'm about to strut out here. This is all it is. And I love that kind of stuff, and I hope there's gonna be more of that. Yeah, I mean, don't get me, don't get it twisted. Outside of work, <laughs> I'm showing off. Okay. But in the office, <laughs> you know, in the office, you can't be doing all that. And it's funny because I do dress down at work. Like I do try to take away from my figure. And we had an office Christmas party not too long ago, mm-hmm. obviously around Christmas. And I wore. I mean, it was at like the. I don't know if you ever heard of the like the main event. Uh huh. Um, it's kind of like a Dave and Buster situation. So it was, and you know, people were sneaking drinks and okay. it was supposed to be fun. Yeah. So I, I wore what I would wear if I go out. And so like, and I wore my contacts. I always wear glasses, but I wear my contacts, I put my hair up, put on some lipstick and they're like, is that the same girl? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is me. They're like, okay, body. All right. We see you. Cause I usually, I don't, 
Like I had my, you know, I had my shirt tucked in. I had a high-waisted, you know, jeans. I had my, you know, with my belt. So everything was cinched. I was told I would look snatched. Okay. So, but I can't be doing that. I can't be doing that at work though, because I'll never hear the end of it. So, but yeah. yeah. Christmas party, you can't Um, look a little snatched. I feel like a Christmas party is exception. Yeah, everybody was dressed up really nice. So I was like, I have to look nice too. I can't be walking in there looking like a bum. So, um, yeah. So, you know, anyone that's listening to this, the policing of our bodies or talking about our bodies, we're not sexual objects. We're not, you know, Sarah Bartons. We're not any of that. Um, we're not a curiosity. So you really shouldn't comment on my body because I'm not going to tell old boy walking down the road. Hey, big shoulders. All right, abs. I see you. I'm not <laughs> I'm not bothering you. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, yeah. I'll tell you in private if we're interested in each other, but I'm not going to shout out. You yeah, know, that's how attractive key word. Keep you are that, or your private. Pieces. That's the key word right there. Private. Like yeah. You don't need to be yelling at nobody keep... across the cubicle, uh, you know, way across the room or something. <laughs> like, keep it private. Right. Keep it private. Um, so that, you know, so reacting to that is always going to be a bit of a struggle which leads me to the angry black woman trope and you know finding that balance between assertive and aggressive Mm, and oftentimes assertiveness is confused for aggression and um you you're always kind of on that tightrope so I and that's another thing I have to do when dealing with I deal with sensitive clients I deal with you know billion dollar corporations that's right. part of my job title um so obviously my internal partners around that are super sensitive to any mistakes any mishaps anything where the client is upset um and I have to find a balance as far as getting my point across without being considered rude or aggressive or angry when in reality I'm cutting up a storm at my desk, like, uh, uh-uh, they never have to talk to me like this, but I can't, I got, I got to tone it down because I'm a black woman and that's going to be taken differently or I'll be called a, you know, and I hate to say it on air, but a bitch, um, that's used a lot. So yeah, oh yeah you definitely get um, that or people thinking you just out of control cause you're trying to speak your mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've learned, you know, how to get my point across without, coming across too aggressively it's and and I always go with I'm being assertive you know I'm getting my point across I'm keeping it simple I'm not trying to be emotional but sometimes emotion and passion is is good too yeah um so it's just it's just a matter of of finding that balance but do you struggle with that at all or is that anything you have to work on um yeah mine is a little different because okay so in my world there's a lot of well maybe it's Mm -hmm. maybe it's like all maybe it's all corporate but in live news, mm-hmm. it's that extra pressure of once it's out there, you can't take it back. So okay. and you find a lot of personalities that cannot handle that. Like they think they can, but they can't. So, mm-hmm. you know, say it's like, you know, we get that um, since everybody now is talking about the coronavirus and everything. Mm-hmm. If you get some crazy breaking news, you know, about somewhere having to, you know, close down a bunch of schools or something, you know, somewhere that hasn't had an outbreak yet. And so the mm-hmm. whole news station goes into like a breaking news mode. You get like directors mm-hmm. start yelling and they're like, hey, did you get that mic check on a person and using, you know, like language they shouldn't be using. You got producers mm-hmm. also yelling too. Here's my, here's my thing. I try to be, I try to be in my area. Try, you try to be as calm as possible. Or you're supposed to be as calm as possible because the more you yell and obviously yelling doesn't get anything done. You right. can end up pressing the wrong button. You can end up micing the wrong person, you know, bringing up something you shouldn't because you're in this panic state of rushing. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing, and I was talking to my mom the other day because she'll, she, you know, she's giving me some little techniques where I can work on it because you don't want to come off, like you said, you want to come off too aggressive. And I usually mm-hmm. don't. I'm usually sitting back, laid back, chill. But I will yell when you yell at me. What I don't like is for <laughs> you to, what I don't like is for you to yell at me when you think that yelling is going to help you get your answer quicker. When you know good and well, I'm in the mm. same situation you're in. That's what I face a lot of the times because I'm usually just like, okay, yes, uh-uh. I'll do that. I'll check their mic. You know, I'll get that. I'll get uh, it later. Yeah. But it's when you start like, Ryan, where is Mike Ader? Did you did the, did you check the person? I'm like, okay, hold up. Hold up. You know, we got two minutes in this break. You know, I got enough time to check this and I'm going to get to you. Um, you know, or I just tell them to stop and they don't just, they just don't get a response from me. And that's the kind of thing that gets me because I'm usually like, I don't usually say exactly what's on my mind all the time. Cause you want to keep it like, you know, like you said, you don't want that impression of like, Oh, she's got to yell about this. She's going to complain about this. You know, if you cussing and yelling all the time, there's other people at my job that can get away with that, but I can't, you know, be looked at different. 
Right. So I right, usually right. don't. So when I yell, they take note because I don't do it all the time. And I'm like, you're not going to yell at me. That's a different, <laughs> you know, that's a different thing. It's different when you just trying to get me to do something you want to answer. It's different when you start cussing and yelling because you panicking. That's the thing that gets me. Right. Okay. Hey, that's reasonable. So when Ryan yells, take her seriously. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's <laughs> she not playing no game. Or like, if you, I, it's it's probably easier. It's easier to deal with probably in your lane where you figured out a nice, smooth in between. Um, where they know like mm-hmm. where they can mess with you. It's probably easier on your lane because I've had to work on it because it's hard for me because I don't. I feel like I don't want to disrespect people or I don't want to. You know, it's it's hard for me to come out of that sometimes, but I had to learn because it was like enough was enough. I was tired of getting yelled at. I was tired of people taking, you know, that nice or like sweet nature for weakness. So you have to learn that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when you can play like in the middle, because it sounds like you found like a nice kind of cool balance of it where it's mm-hmm. not too far out. But they so they know what they know. OK, Angelica, Angelica's get ready to get this paperwork. She in her cubicle right now. Don't start it. You know, like where you have a good in between uh, rhythm of it yeah um I mean I kind of so the way we really don't yell at each other it's all like passive aggression um because we don't like so the people that I work with that are in my area they're I don't necessarily work with them like we have our own portfolio of clients so we're just on the same team but but we collectively as a unit we work together as in if you need help, I got you. Mm, or if you okay. need help with this client or if you need someone to supplementally help you, yes. But we don't actually work together. We work on our own our own things. Ah, gotcha. So okay. I have my yeah, so I have my portfolio of clients and with each port with each client, I'm like their dedicated person for whatever they need. And then there's a, a team behind it. So I have like a coverage team that that supports me. And I have a product team that supports me and, you know, X, Y, Z. So it's actually the fight that I have are with the rest of those people. My internals is what I call them. Mm. So, you know, we all won't agree on what's the best thing for the client or we all might have different ways about what we should do as far as the client's concerns or something that they want. And I'm very much matter of fact, no, it's not happening. Like that doesn't make sense. I'm not doing it. But they, like my sales team, for example, they're making money off the client. So they might be willing to bend for the client because they're going to get a check out of it. Me, I get paid whatever every day. You know, my my salary is set, you know, so I'm not getting anything extra from this. So I'm not bending over backwards because it don't make me no difference to me. Right. Like I, they could go, they could leave. I'm still going to get paid when I get paid. Mm. But they're, de- it's almost like they're like sales, like they're like sales, like car salesmen. Like they're like, oh no, we need this commission. I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah, it don't, I'll be, it don't mean no, never mind to me. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're my clients. So I, I still take care of them. I do what, what's mm. in their best mm. interest. But I, so what I struggle with, so when it's people that are kind of like been with the business for a while, know what they're talking about, I get along with those people because even though I'm, new to this sector, new to this bank. I know what I'm talking about. I can level with people. I'm smart. So it's like, okay, you tell me your opinion and give me your reasoning. And if it makes sense, I will be on totally on board with you. Um, but I think I have a similar scenario with you where it's not yelling because it's via email, but I had someone who was rushing me to get something done for our yeah. mutual client. Like you don't, I don't work for you or partners. And he was basically telling me I wasn't communicating with him, was going out to my manager saying like, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. When in reality, I'm in contact with this client every single day. You know, the request that they wanted was something that would take a while. It would be a project. And because you don't know your job, you're selling this expectation to the client that it's going to get done quickly when in reality it's not. And I've always been about being honest with my clients. I know you want this done right now and I'll do my best to get it expedited. But I'm going to be honest with you, this is going to take a while. Right. So you're going to have to sit back and I'll give you updates. But if you're new to the game and you don't know how to talk a good game, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, right now. Yes, yes, right, right, right. So then you're putting the fire on me. And I'm like, whoa, buddy, let me tell you something. I said a very nicely via email. Let me tell you something. This process is a bulk request. It's going to take a while. If you need me, you can CC me. You have, And we have like communicator, like Skype ping communicator. If it's an emergency, you ping me. And, you know, the issue was that he wasn't reading his emails. So I had him looped oh, in on every communication. On. <laughs> he wasn't reading his emails. Yeah. So I was like, here's 
see attach, see attach, see attach, see where I, I see she on this, I see she on that. And I'm like, so what are we talking about? Girl, he, he piped right Ooh, down. Oh, yeah. When you bring out time. the emails, listen, when Angelica see emails, she need to read mm-hmm. them things, okay? Read the emails. But yeah, Heard my last email. emails. People, I just noticed that people do not read emails. It's a, it's no, a, they don't. Yeah. And then, or yeah, it's like, oh, well, I read your email from two weeks ago. I thought that was the latest update. No, I just emailed you this morning. Look at that. So that's, you know, so my professional clapback is they're unmatched because you can't say, I will get, I'll say exactly what I need to say to you in a respectful way, but you know that I'm disrespecting you. Like, you're just yeah. like, you can't go to your manager and be like, she being wild, disrespectful. Cause they're like, nope, she's direct, she's concise. She says what she means and she means what she says. So, you and know. I like that. I like that email clapback, by the way. Like, people need to take note of that because I love how you can have, like, or I guess receipts on people. Like, when you can go back and prove, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you, so you don't have to get loud, so you don't have to cuss and stuff like you didn't. You could go back and yeah. be like, listen, I can send you all these emails that I got saved up that show me, that yep. show I was communicating with you, so don't come at me. So I, lo- I love that. I like that kind of clapback. Yeah, I'm a big um I'm a big advocate for email and I even have my ping communicator. I have that go into my Outlook so I have conversation history as well. That will get you, you know, that will save you. That's CYA, cover your ass. Like I don't play that. Even with clients, you know, sometimes they'll call me for something mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Can you send me an email?" cuz I want that written yeah, yeah, in stone. Get that stuff written down. Yeah, I had to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, listeners, if you don't do it already, get that stuff written down cuz that will give you some back end, some receipts for later. Yeah. And I mean, I I kind of, this kind of brings me back on topic. I mean, the emails are important because there's situations where I'm going to be honest, you don't necessarily always have allies and people that aren't black. Right. right? And I had this lady, let's call her Susan. Mm -hmm. And uh, this this is a couple years ago, I was working at a different bank and I was piloting this program. Um, Basically I was in charge of, 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 of a, of a, I would call it a process. So I ran this process, but I also had a team that helped me with it. So what would happen is I worked in subpoenas. So they would get a subpoena. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we wouldn't realize the subpoena was invalid. We would literally work the whole subpoena about be ready to mail it out. And then QA picked up on it and be like, Hey, this is invalid. You don't have to do any of this. So we were trying to find a way to get around that without having people do all this work. So there was one person in the bank that looked at all the um, subpoenas and confirms hey, this is invalid. We're going to send a client a letter and saying it's invalid. You know, do what you need to do to get it up to to par. So I had a team that logged in, logged all the cases anyway. So they actually went in and looked at these subpoenas and would flag it as invalid and then send it to me and I would just double check. And I'd be like, okay, that's invalid. And I would send the letter. But I'm the only person in the the bank doing Mm -hmm. this, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. (laughs) So that was... Uh, upwards of 300 letters a day that I'm sending out and I'm looking at all these cases by myself. So my manager thought it was a good idea to train. And then I had to go on vacation. So I trained this lady. I trained this lady named Susan. Susan was trying to get off that logging team. I tell you, Susan was not trying to be on that team. (laughs) So she was learning from me and she befriended me. But then I found out she was going behind my back telling people she was better at my job than me, that she did it Mm. faster. She got more letters out. Girl, them things are riddled with mistakes. I'm like, yeah, you getting them letters out, but your letters are all wrong. Oh Lord, see, when you right? gotta backstab somebody, you gotta have it laid out right. That is the worst, the worst. Well, that's not even a half of it. So, you know, when I found out that she was basically running her mouth about me, I don't play that. Like, I'm a very open, honest person. Yeah. If you have something to say, tell me. So, if you feel if you feel like you want to run around and make me look bad and say I'm this and I'm that, then we don't need to be cool. I don't need to smile and say hi to you. We're just not going to speak. Yeah. So, I didn't tell her why I stopped talking to her. I just stopped talking to her. And I only communicated with her when it was work-related. So, I did monthly errors. Like, every month, I would give a report for everyone's, like, errors, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and this lady who was talking about this mess just happened to have a whole spreadsheet of them. So normally, because I had a rapport with her, I would tell her about them first and then I would email her. The rest of the team just got her. Yeah. The rest of the team just got their email. But because we weren't cool anymore, she got that whole email with no words from me. So then she pinged me. She's like, is there something wrong? I didn't respond to that ping. I'm not replying to you. We're not talking offline. No. So then she sent me this. Um, she sent me an email. And she was like, is there something wrong? And I told her, no, these are your errors for the month. Please go over them. If you have questions, let me know. 
being totally professional. She she emails me back and was like, brr, it's cold in here. You need a sweater because you're cold. Something like that. Something like real corny. She was just saying like, I was being cold. Yeah, she's like, somebody get a sweater because you're being cold hearted. And she like took an Oh my god! And she took an emoji and snipped it into the email, and it was like a little person shivering. It was like it was kind of like passive aggressive and insulting to me because even though I wasn't speaking to her, I was still respectful to her. So I guess me not talking to her for weeks on end got to her. So she ended up telling um, one of our team leads, a white guy, saying that I made her uncomfortable. How do I that she wants to quit her job or she wants to transfer? What? how when i don't bother you so i got brought into a meeting with my manager she was a black woman and our team lead the white Mm -hmm. guy and they sat me down and they're like angelica can we can you tell us what's wrong what's going on with you and susan and i was just like nothing i was very calm i did not show any emotion i was like nothing they're like well she's saying she's uncomfortable and i was like i don't know why she's uncomfortable I've never mistreated her. They're like, oh, which then Susan's like, you don't talk to me. We used to talk. (laughs) What's happening right now? This white tears, and I was just like, not, not, not a tear dropped. She was just crocodile tearing. So I was just like, I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, we're coworkers, we're not friends. And so she got up. She was, she was like, are you just gonna sit here and lie? And I was like, okay. I was like, we don't have to speak. I was like, but I heard you like to talk a lot about me. And they're like, ooh. Oh, man. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I heard mm, tables got turned. I said, I heard you like to talk a lot about me. So my, so my manager was like, well, you girls need to talk it out. I don't want this issue between you. I said, there's no issue. I come to work. I do my job. If I talk to her, it's business related. She's like, well, why didn't you ping her back? I said, I'm not pinging someone back. I don't have to ping someone back. I told her via email. And she was like, and she sent me this email. So she pulls out the email. She's like, she was disrespectful. Manager looks over it and she's like, Angelica was very professional. She told you your errors. She gave you the errors like the whole rest of the team. You're the only person that was upset. So I said, oh, I got emails too. So I was like, allow me a moment. So I went to my desk, printed off that little passive aggressive email, came back. And I'm like, and this is, and I said, this is why I don't speak with her. And she saw the email with the birds cold in here. And she was like, oh, oh, I can see why Angelica's not talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) And she was just like, so. You got to watch the emojis when you be emailing that stuff. Just saying. So she got written up and she made herself into this mm-hmm. victim. At, I was the victim at the end of this. She went behind my back, was talking about me, tried to gun for my job, and then tried to make herself like some type of victim. And I'm just like, you just shot yourself in the foot all because I documented everything. So Mm-mm-mm. they are valuable yep, have those to you. So, yeah. That. yeah, have those documents. When somebody said they're going to do something, yeah, mine is like if somebody, if a producer sent me some music or something and they just claim they sent it, I'd be like, yeah, no. See in this email when I told you I couldn't play that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to have a, you got to have a paper trail. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, being, just being with different people from different walks of mm-hmm. life. There's a lot of racial sensitivity and sometimes, you know, they don't mean it, but it just, it just comes off. Like they just say things sometimes like, I've had this lady who who said um, our hair was nappy, but it was cute, like stuff like that. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Or my Denise, favorite is when they start when say? they start and they say, um, "I'm not racist, but I'm like, yeah, but, <laughs> but right, racist. right, because the whole thing that um, like, only a racist to me, only a racist person would say would start with that. But also, what you gonna say? Yeah. Nobody else, like you know, Joe that walking down the hallway didn't just stop me and ask me that. You know what I mean? Like it's obviously racist. Yeah, it's 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 almost like it's like saying with all due respect. Usually, when someone says with all due respect, they about to disrespect exactly. you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we had like a a Christmas situation when we were buying uh toys for a toddler. It was a this, the child requested a doll, but we didn't know the ethnicity of the child. Mm-hmm. Um. And and my coworker, she she met well. She was like, well, we, I don't want to get a white doll for this baby because <laughs> she's like. I, you know, I want to give her, you know, and then another lady was like, a mulatto doll? And I'm like, did you just say mulatto? In 2019, yeah. at the time, it was 2019. I'm like, I was like, you mean like racially ambiguous, maybe? And she's like, yeah, that's the word. I'm like, this lady really just said mulatto. All right. Um, <laughs> so, so things like that. So I always kind of like, like to redirect in those moments. You know, if they say something, I'd be like, you know, that wasn't appropriate. Or did you mean to say this? Just so they're aware of 
the fact that what they said wasn't okay. So that's that's something that's interesting to navigate. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, um, I think it's time to wrap this up. But I also wanted to address the fact that um, do you feel like you are an asset to your company? Like, do you feel like... I feel like... You, you know, they... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Did you want to add? You wanna add? No, I was saying, do you feel like they... Yeah, I just want to add more to it. So if if they had a choice between you and, let's say, a white guy, based off both your talents, both your skills, would you still be kept? You know, do you feel? I, I think... Do you feel like you're an asset? I think because... See, my, my, my thing is interesting because I think we have so little staff that's... <laughs> they yeah, would keep you, you regardless the, you get the V asset because yeah like the um the the model we have is so weird where it's like we and we definitely need like more part-time people more people to help out because if somebody's sick your whole schedule is turned upside down so oh, that's yeah, how tight definitely. we are in there i do feel like i feel like there's slightly because we have like there's certain diversity things within the company that allow for like okay this person mm-hmm. that would probably get skipped over from my for my job or me applying for the job because you know i'm not saying this is directly tied to why i got the job but when i when i got my my position Mm. i was at a career fair and the human resource person was a black guy and he was looking for somebody else he was looking out um yeah and also like at the time again timing like and me not being afraid of we only had one audio person so they needed people they needed Mm. like people to be in there and it's you know being at the right place right time but also you get those okay. people that can see stuff from another cultural perspective where it's not like these people, you know, people of color can do that kind of stuff too. You know, it doesn't have to be one way you visual yeah. you visualize and stuff. So when you add people in like human resources or people that are managers, you know, that'll kind of reach out a little bit more and kind of put out the feelers instead of being like, oh, well, we can only hire this one type of person that knows how to do this, you know, or they yeah. know where they also know where to look for those people too. You know, whereas, you know, people yeah. that are used to being, you know, if you have that white male dominated company, they're not, they don't know where to go look for that kind of stuff. There's people out there of color that can do it, but they don't know where to look. They don't know who to reach mm-hmm. out to, um, to find that kind of stuff. Yeah. But on another tip though, as far as like working your way up the ladder though, I also feel like in my, and, um, and it could be like a, maybe a lot of businesses too. You could also work yourself into where you can't get promoted because they, they're used to having a certain type of thing on your job or a certain way you do the job. Mm-hmm. Like you're so, maybe you're good at it where they don't want to promote you. I know that sounds backwards, but I was literally. But no, they do that. They'll pigeonhole yeah, you. Yeah. They'll so that's what I literally you. feel like I'm at where it's like a pigeonhole where it's just like, yeah, I can go over here and do something for a little bit, but will there actually be room for me to move up? you know, based on staffing mm-hmm. we have, based on maybe somebody else doesn't do something the way the producer's like done or whatever, probably not. You know what I mean? Like it'll take years. And it's like, do I really want to have like five or 10 more years, you know, at the same area is what you start to look at. Right. Yeah, I feel you. I move around. Look, the way I've been in corporate, I've moved around every year and a half, right. two years. Uh, the longest I stayed was in legal for three years, but I moved around several times within that mm-hmm. department. So that's what kept me in that area um i will say like this business that i'm in now is very diverse most of our leadership are women um if they're men they're of color so i do like that um but i do get like a crabs in a barrel mentality sometimes because like we're sometimes we're working against each other instead of helping each other um I do think I'm valuable, but with corp with a big corporation like I work for, a big bank like I work for, I mean, let's be real, we're all numbers. And mm-hmm. um, you know, to your team you may be important because if I go, who they're gonna be stressed. But ultimately someone is gonna be there to pick yeah, up the slack. Yeah. So sometimes I don't necessarily feel valuable. I will say in the sense of my clients, because they're so used to me and I'm like I'm used, you know, they're used to me holding their hands. I'm important to them. They're yeah, important to yeah. me. Like they're literally situations where it has nothing to do with me, but they're like, can you get on this call? I just want you, I just want you to be there mm-hmm. just in case. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with what I do for you. I know, but I want you on here. And I'm like, all right, I'll hop on. I'll just be doing something in the background while they're talking, whatever they're talking. <laughs> like th- they do their conference call and I'm just there for visibility yeah. purposes. Just, I don't know, just because they feel safe with me. So I do feel valued in that way. And I just always feel like I have to prove myself you know I have to prove myself to be smarter you know smarter 
more put together, more adaptable, more flexible. Because there was a time where I wouldn't take time off because I'm like, oh, no, no, I got to be here. And I'm like, no, bumped at. I need this time. I deserve it. I need a break. They'll be okay without me. My clients will be okay without me. It's okay. So I try to find a balance without being a perfectionist. Um, I try to come across always as professional, you know, don't let the ratchet out because, you know, I got that ratchet (laughs) side. And I try not to let those sort of things out. I try to always be presentable. And so it's always like a battle, I feel, to be noticed to be um, validated, to get that pay that I deserve. I mean, I do get paid well, but like I could always get paid more. Like, come on now, who who turns down money? So like stuff like that, um, sometimes I feel like, okay, well, Kyle down, down the way doesn't do as much as me, but he might get more promoted because he is more politically connected within the company and he knows more people and he's cool with upper management and they play like, ball together so it's like stuff like that whereas I'm like I'm just here busting my behind so um I feel valued but I don't necessarily always feel like I'm irreplaceable uh so that's what I struggle with and so um yeah that kind of wraps it up for for us um thank you guys for listening um we'll be back next week with more episodes more umbrella academy recaps uh, more hot topics all that good stuff and uh we'll we'll talk to you guys soon bye The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.